Welcome to the Word from St. Andrews, the weekly preaching podcast of St. Andrews Baptist Church in Columbia, South Carolina. This is Pastor D. Vaughn. I pray that this week's sermon will help you experience a life-giving and life-directing message from God. Give these next few minutes to Him that you may hear the Word from St. Andrews. The scripture that will form the background of the message today is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, we'll begin reading at verse 16. Hold on to that, and we'll come to it in just a moment. If I have a favorite app on my phone, I think it would probably be the one we call Navigation. That app helps me know where I am, <laughs> and most of the time tells me where I, how I could get to where I want to go. Sometimes I would literally be lost without it. I am fascinated by how a GPS system works. Orbiting the Earth are 24 navigational satellites. These satellites are in a geosynchronous orbit, but you thought that all along, didn't you? They stay in the same place relative to the Earth beneath them. When I turn on my navigation app, my phone finds three of those satellites. And when it finds those three points of constant guidance, it could tell me where I am most anywhere on earth within about 10 feet. And it can guide me to almost anywhere I need to go. It's interesting that uh, as navigation has become more a part of our lives, it's almost taken on a personality of its own. Linda and I went to Gaffney yesterday to take our uh, grandson Creighton out to lunch for his birthday, which was actually Monday. And on the way back, we decided we did not want to get on any of the interstate highways because there's construction everywhere right now. So we put in our home, you know, and... We're following the back roads, and then the navigation would say, in two and a half miles, turn right onto road 211, and Linda would say, don't listen to her. <laughs> don't listen to her? No, no. She's trying to get you on the interstate. She's tempting you to get on the interstate. We don't need to go. Keep going. Keep going straight. So I had two voices telling me which way to go. It's kind of a stereo navigation going on there. But Linda was right, and we got home and never touched an interstate, and that was good. Well, somewhat like the GPS satellites, 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul gives us three constant points of spiritual guidance. Three sources of guidance that can help us understand where we are in life's journey and how to move forward to where we believe God wants us to go. Now, these are not satellites in the sky, but attitudes of the heart. And here they are. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you 
in Christ Jesus. Here are the spiritual constants that can give you and me our bearings, our confidence, our sense of direction in life. First he says, always live in the joy of Christ. A joy that is constant because it's rooted in Christ's constant love for you. Not in circumstances that come and go. He says, continually pray. Always be listening intently to hear the beating of God's heart in the world. And do so confident that he also hears every beat of your heart. And as we shall study today, thirdly he says, give thanks in all circumstances. For several Sundays we've been looking at how God works to transform your life and mine. How does giving thanks change us for the better? First this, giving thanks nourishes your health. Doctors designed a study of how the way you begin your day affects your health. And unlike many other studies, this one didn't focus on what you eat in the morning or how much or how little exercise you get. They didn't meddle in those things we don't want them to tell us about. But these doctors wanted to know if thankfulness at the beginning of the day could improve your health. One group of folks were asked to begin the day the way they normally did, but the other group agreed to spend the first 10 minutes of the day thinking about the good things in their lives and giving thanks for those blessings. Well, the people who gave thanks at the start of the day, reported less stress, had lower blood pressure, fewer incidents of depression, and fewer trips to the doctor. What does this mean? I know these doctors were waiting for me to interpret their data, so I'm going to do that today. Nutritious food supports good health because God created us to eat good food. Exercise supports good health because God created us to move and work. In the same way, giving thanks nourishes your health because God created you to praise Him. Giving thanks is as natural and as life-giving as breathing. You and I are more alive when we live in the spirit of the psalmist as he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remembering and rejoicing in the truth that God is good is good for you. Second, giving thanks takes you beyond the gifts of life to the giver of life. Most every child has had a special blanket he or she wants at bedtime. Some of these, I've heard, can only be washed very quietly and very late at night. Well, Andrew, when he was a small child, had one of those, a beautiful quilted blanket that had his name on it and what we planned to be his date of birth stitched into it. 
He decided to come a day before a planned C-section, and he's been on his own schedule ever since. But one day at a Furman football game, Andrew was introduced to the lady who had made his blanket. A wonderful lady from Woodruff named Lottie Caldwell. She talked to Andrew and told him how she designed that blanket with him in mind. And I still remember little Andrew looking up at her in awe that he had encountered the creator of one of the most precious things in his universe, you know. Well, to make that occasion even better, she had brought him a new blanket with a little bit more grown-up sports theme to it. Well, this one, too, became a favorite. And so, after that day, Andrew had much more than he'd ever had before. He didn't just have a blanket. He had a friend, a person he knew who loved him enough to create wonderful things and bring them into his life. In Luke 17, Jesus heals ten lepers of that terrible disease that had separated them from their families and communities and had sentenced them to a slow, painful death. When they realized they were healed, nine of them hurried away to see the priests They're the ones who could verify their healing and welcome them back into the community. But the tenth leper did something else first. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. And he thanked him. And listen to what Jesus said to him in verse 19 of Luke 17. Then Jesus said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now Jesus told only that one man, not the other nine, that his faith had made him well. How was he well in a way that the others weren't? They all were cured of leprosy. This man alone let the gift bring him to the giver. Only the thankful receive what God wants most to give us. Not just the benefit of life's gifts, but a personal relationship with Him as the giver. Only that gift saves us and truly makes us whole. Here's another way thankfulness transforms your life. Giving thanks adds weight your witness. Well, several years ago, I traveled to the upstate to help lead a funeral service for some dear friends, their 25-year-old daughter named Jessica, beautiful young lady, had been killed in an automobile accident, leaving behind a husband and a three-year-old girl. After the service and after we'd been at the graveside, we came back to the church, as we often do here, to have lunch with the family and to just have some time to share and to heal and just love on each other. I knew the meal was about to start, and I knew I hadn't been asked to say the blessing. Now, 
Almost all the time I'm asked to say the blessing before, but I didn't know. So I asked the other ministers who had, I said, who's, who's doing the blessing before the meal? They said, I, we don't know, but uh, someone said it's covered. I said, oh, well, that's good. Well, then to my surprise, who should stand up but Danny, the father of the girl we had just buried. And he says, we're about to eat. Would you join me in prayer before we do? And I was just kind of in shock, and thoughts were running through my mind. How is he going to do this, and what is he going to say? So much so that I, I didn't close my eyes. I wanted to watch him and see what this would be like. And I watched as he said, Father, I want to thank you for the 25 years that we held Jessica in our arms. And I thank you for the confidence I have that you're holding her in your loving hands right now. And that through Christ, we will see her again. We're grateful for friends who have stood with us today. And especially these folks who are feeding us right now. And again, I say thank you. For my Jessica. Amen. I knew Danny was a Christian. I knew, I knew he was a great Christian. But that day I saw how much the grace of God had transformed his life. Because he was able to give thanks on one of the darkest and most tragic of days he had faced in his life. His thankfulness gave weight to his witness. Sour, negative, judgmental Christians give our Lord and our faith a bad name. Those who are thankful lift Jesus up so he can draw all people into him. Giving thanks is also the action your feelings will follow. If you come by my office, you see there's almost always a guitar close to my desk, sometimes more than one. But I keep one nearby so I can have my own kind of music therapy when I need it. I like to play on days when I feel on top of the world and my song flows out of my joy. But I need to play on days when I feel down because sometimes your joy has to flow out of your song. Some days the message and the melody or like a letter from home that reminds me of all of the good things and clears my eyes to see good and see God again. So on good days I play because I feel it. On bad days I play until I feel it. Giving thanks is like that.
On good days, a Christian can hardly keep from praising God. Not doing so is like trying to keep the water from coming out of a garden hose by putting your thumb over the end of it. You can hold it for a moment, but in a little while it's just going to spew out. But on bad days, giving thanks is more like working a pump handle. There's no water when you start. There's no water for a while. You give thanks, though you don't yet really feel thankful. But you keep on giving thanks, taking action despite what you feel. Because you know that in time, the waters of gratitude and joy will rise up. And you'll see them again. Giving thanks is the action you take. Believing that in time your feelings will follow and your joy will be restored. And one more. Giving thanks is the road that leads out of the valley. I was walking through the lobby of the St. Francis Hospital in Greenville. I was there to see my dad. The day before, we'd been given the news that Dad had a brain tumor that was beyond treatment. His doctors, as wonderful as they were, had nothing to offer. As I walked through the lobby and toward the elevators, coming in the other direction was a familiar face. Carol Kirby had been a friend of our family for many years. He coached my brother Barry in t-ball when Barry was just five years old. Well, Mr. Kirby saw that I was upset, and he asked me why I was there. I told him about Dad, the diagnosis, and the fact we kind of resigned ourselves to the truth that all we could do was take him home. People hardly know what to say when you tell them news like that. But Carol's words took me totally by surprise in that moment. He put his hand on my shoulder and said, you have been so blessed to have such a great dad. Now I didn't know what to say because I felt as though in that moment he had spoken in a foreign language. I felt numb, I felt confused, I felt helpless, but I didn't feel thankful, not at all. Not that day. Not, not for many days to come. I went through days when God seemed absent and silent. One night while driving from Spartanburg to Greenville, I screamed at God the whole trip until I was hoarse. I resented my dad being gone. I regretted not doing more with the time we had. I walked uphill many miles in that dark valley of grief. But then one day, the right day, I remembered what my friend Carol had said. And I was finally able and ready 
to agree with him. I was richly blessed to have such a great dad. When I began giving thanks, it was as though I finally found the road that could take me out of that valley. I couldn't have traveled it sooner. Other hard work had to be done first. But now I knew I was on my way home. Dad was a gift. The light of his example and influence guides me every day. He loved me more in 24 years than many people know in 100 years. I knew his testimony. I knew his destiny. I miss him. But I'm not in that dark valley anymore. Because now I can and do give thanks for the blessing of his life. If you're stumbling around in a dark valley, I want to give you a gift that gift that my friend gave me, and you may not be able to live it today. You may have to trudge through some tough terrain before you can find or travel this road, but here it is. Give thanks. Thank God for the gift that touched and blessed your life, however briefly. Thank Him for love and laughter and memories that are written upon your heart. Thank Him that His grace will see you through. Thank Him for the hope we have of a glad reunion. Give thanks, even with tears in your eyes. For it's the only road that leads out of life's dark valleys. Psalm 92 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Yes, it is. Because thankfulness will transform your life. Father, among our countless blessings, is your promise to meet us here when we worship you in spirit and in truth and to speak to hearts that are listening for your invitation and your call. So give us hearts that listen. Give us courage to hear and to act. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is number 379, not 8, it's 9. Let all things now living. This is your opportunity to respond to God's leadership in your life. To receive Christ, to follow Him in church membership, to renew your walk with Him. Whatever it is that, that Christ is doing in your life, this is your chance to act upon it. It'll be my joy to share that step with you as your pastor and your friend.